All right, welcome back everyone to episode two of the Rootless Living Podcast. I'm still your host, Damian Ross. If you listened to episode one, that was more of a pilot episode to get to know me and everything we plan on doing here at the Rootless Living Podcast. You know, each week I want to bring you people that are either living on the road while traveling, aka Rootless Living, or that have a product or service that will help make a digital nomad's life a little easier. And I'm really, really excited about the first guest I lined up for this episode, which is kind of like just like knocking it out of the park with the first episode, I feel like. It's Mark and Trish with uh, Keep Your Daydream. And look, if you're a person that's been watching YouTube videos about the RV life, you probably know about Mark and Trish. But just in case you don't, in 2016, Mark and Trish jumped into a travel trailer with their three children with a plan to travel the country for six months. But you can fast forward over three years now and they have a seven series show on YouTube that has the subscriber base over 250,000. And I really do believe it's one of the best RV communities on the internet for really all things RV. And that is called Keep Your Daydream. This was a great talk and we went over so many of the things that I will call maybe the most frequently asked questions. You know, how do you make money? How do you get started? What type of rig do I need? How do I get the kids to want to travel? How much does it cost to RV? And we talked a bunch about creating content and then really how they built this community over the years. And a lot of it you'll find out is just kind of accidental, get on the road and we'll figure it out as we go, which is really great. Besides just being a great podcast episode, they're going to be the feature story of the premiere issue of Rootless Living Magazine. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, that premiere is January 2020. You can head over to rootlessliving.com and grab yourself a digital subscription, and it'll be sent to your email box starting January 2020. Also, real quick, the quality of this episode is not that great. This is going to be a little bit of a challenge as I'm on the road and most of the people I'm interviewing are on the road and we're scheduling these things sometimes weeks in advance and neither one of us really knows how great the internet's going to be. I'll take full blame for this one. Where I was located, the internet was just not that great and we do have some times where they're kind of breaking in and out. So I apologize for that, but it still makes an amazing episode. So with all that being said, let's get into this episode. All right, you guys, with that great intro, I want to introduce both live right now via audio, Mark and Trish Leach. Hello. How are you guys doing? We're excited to be here we with you. We are excited to be here. I am too. I was really stoked when you guys uh, got back to me. And uh, the first question I'll ask people is, where are you right now? Right now, we are in Georgetown, Texas, Trish's family. Mm -hmm. And the RV is, well, I know this is audio, <laughs> but behind us, Taking up the entire window is our 43-foot toy hauler. We are getting ready to hook up and head to Arizona and wrap up season seven of our YouTube channel. Actually, that's a great flow into. So you guys are originally from Arizona. Let's talk about your old life for a second, what it looked like pre-getting a, a trailer and hitting the road. I think a lot of people, the questions I get asked is like, how do you make money on the road and that kind of thing. Were you guys set up in a position to just be able to transfer over to the road life because your work life was remote or were there changes you had to do in regards to work? I think anyone could just basically just without any plan just hit the road, right? <laughs> yeah, you just throw some stuff in a suitcase just, hey, to like see you go. later, mom. Let's go. I gotta go. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know that uh, we get that question a lot and the term that comes or the phrase that comes to mind every time is the 14 year overnight success, right? Yeah. No one pays attention until they already have what a lot of people want and they don't see the sacrifice going back. So how long do you think, Trish, we've been, not say planning our departure, but thinking about doing something like what we're doing right now? Oh, well, we've been thinking about our dream forever. Forever. I forever. Mean, but you say like maybe, I mean, because you know we have three kids, one's in college now, one's off at military academy, and we, we're with our 14-year-old now. But you think for the last decade we've been yeah. like, yeah, we've been thinking about it and um, and it's changed and it's evolved and maybe we can dive into that more here today with you. It really has been something on our mind. How can we do this? How do other people do that? That's really kind of crazy. And so, and then we started putting building blocks in our life where we could either learn from someone else or figure out how we could change our business. And then I really think we started picking up steam uh, two years before because we started transferring the business over and uh, you know that you talk about that. And then once we set a date, it was like somebody put our life on fast forward because we were just like, whew, right into the RV as soon as we set mm -hmm. that date. I think that the, the track or the rut that we were stuck in is that we as entrepreneurs 
we're thinking that you know you build a business or you put in a lot of effort and someday you sell that business or someday you have an exit or someday 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 you retire or you, or you make enough money to go do this dream and so therefore our dream didn't have any parameters so we you know we wanted to go boating we wanted to go boating in this exact boat if we were going to go rv it was going to be this rv and we found ourselves in this in this trap where our dream was not anywhere close to reality and year after year after year went by and when Trish started the podcast, Keep Your Daydream, I think we got up to episode 65 when we realized you brought this to you know, our attention, but we had a conversation. We said, you know, the only reason we're not doing what we want to do and living our dream is because we are unwilling to do it in a way that's possible right now. In different terms. In different terms. And so for us to actually do what we wanted to do, which was get out there, we had to kind of unwrap the dream and say, what's at the core what is it that we want? We realized that we wanted to be with our family. We had two summers left with our oldest child. We always have this saying, you know, get 18 summers with your kids. And we were down to the last two. And we're like, we don't do something now. It's over. That door is closing. And so then we said, what if, and this we learned from the podcast, was what if we made some compromises in our dream? What if it didn't look like A, we made it look like Z, <laughs> but we could actually attain it now. And so we had to start small, start now. And we were like, what can we pull with the truck we have now? What can we live on with what we have now? And then we started making some real shifts and changes. And that was when life really started going yeah. fast. So, so all that to say, we stopped fantasizing over our dream and we started figuring out what, what could we do? When you guys set that May date, I remember reading on your blog that you guys basically set this date when school ended and you guys would hit the road for six months. How much time was from the day you said, okay, it's going to be May to then really leaving in May? Was there? I would say six, six months okay. from picking the date, May 27th, 2016. And we actually left on the 28th because our daughter wanted to spend that last day with her friends. So uh, six months from when we picked the date and left, and I'd say a year and a half prior to that, we made the decision that we wanted to start arranging our business in such a way that we can run remotely. Gotcha. So I was already self-employed. Uh, I already, you know, that was that that part was. We were already, I was already working from house and I, from the house. And I tell a lot of people that if they want to do something like this, maybe a good first step is to figure out how you can work from your home, mm -hmm. even if you're employed. Maybe start to make progress to work from your home. And then when you work from your home and you prove yourself. To an employer or even yourself if you're self-employed then start making the transitions of okay how could i get to the point where i don't maybe need to be client facing and right. you know that takes maybe two years maybe it takes three years maybe it takes five years it seems like forever if somebody wants to do this right now five years but let me tell you something five years is going to be here before you know it and then that person's going to look back and they go man i wish i would have started that five years ago yes so five years right. doesn't seem like a long time to me i mean i think if something's gonna be five years and i'm committed like get going yeah. All right. So you guys touched on some really great things. So here you guys had a, a house in Arizona, correct? Mm -hmm. Did we sell it or did we rent it out while you were gone for six we months? We actually sold it long, long prior to this and we're renting okay. at the time of, of leaving. We were actually interested in buying the house that we were in a long-term lease for. And then we got this idea and then we realized, man, this is just, this is too good. So we yeah, just, that's awesome. everything was kind of stacked up in our favor when we started compromising really yeah. so uh, anyway because we were really gung-ho on buying that house and mm -hmm. fixing it up because it was in a great place mm -hmm. and our kids loved the house and all that and then we were like we shifted and yeah. so and then the doors started opening gotcha and then i love what you guys have talked about that you bought a trailer based on the truck that you already owned which you know obviously it was the two of you three kids and then uh, a dog the leaving that the trailer was not that it was small, but w compared to what you have today, you guys definitely are an example of kind of living with what you have, make do with what you have to make it happen. Because if you probably would have waited for what you currently are driving, the Ford F-150 Dually, 450 Dually and a big toy hauler, like how long would that uh, have extended out the wait time? Oh, I don't know. Well, here's, what, here's the real problem is that it would have extended it out long enough for it not to happen at all. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, how, how many times, how, how, I mean, I'm sure someone listening can relate to the idea that you have this dream and you're all gun ho and you're obsessive about it. And you're watching YouTube, listening to the podcast. And then you realize you can't do it for one reason or another. And then two years slips by and then you kind of stop thinking about it all together. And 10 years goes by and you think, man, I was going to do that. What happened? And then right. life got in the way. Right. So right. I'd argue that if I would have waited to get the dream rig, that we would have never experienced our being. 
that there you go. today, right now, as we're, as we're recording this, that we'd be on to something else and I wouldn't right. even know the difference. Right. I think it's important to just take a minute because we might just be talking to entrepreneurs today, right? Just everybody listening is like, yeah, I have a business that I can change and I can do this and I can do that. But there's also teachers, there's law enforcement, there's people who spent a good majority of their young adulthood getting some kind of career established and they're like, I'm not leaving that. Yeah. And so we say that memories are not reserved for full time. So if you really are into RVing, carving out long weekends, summers, figuring out how to get an itty bitty tiny little trailer, I feel like itty bitty tiny <laughs> bikini. Like if you get that little itty bitty tiny trailer and you schlep your family around and you laugh at the mistakes you've made and then you go, oh, well I've learned all this. So in five, 10, 15 years when I retire, I know what kind of rig I want. I know where I want to go. I know, you know, you just, I just feel like waiting. And I know sometimes you need to wait to be prudent, but waiting just for the sake of, oh, I'll be ready in 20 years is going to deny you of opportunity. Right. You know, the opportunity to make memories together, the opportunity to learn. And so taking things on again, where you are, what you have, do you have a weekend? Do you have a tent? <laughs> Throw it in the back of your yeah. car. Because even people that come up to us, my dad schlepped us to every national park and we stayed in a tent. Those are the best memories I've ever had with him. Right. So, you know, it's just start where you are. That's the message. I mean, if you can change your business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you can become an entrepreneur and start something that can sustain you financially, then that's wonderful. But if you're not, if you're in something else, you know, there's opportunities for you too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you touched on a point. There's an article I have in my head is about how people get stuck even with their, like their college degrees. They spent all this time doing their college degree, getting a master's, but now they really want to shift their life. But they're so pigeonholed because they spent all this time getting these degrees where this, where they really want to go has nothing to do with their degree. And they look at that as wasted time. I'm like, no, the moving forward in a direction you don't want to go is wasted time. But I do right, think yeah. your point of starting where you're at, I have regrets of not taking my kids. I, I struggle with the word camping when I live in a 42 foot fifth wheel. That's nicer than the condo that I have. So I, yeah, I call it exploring. I, I always have because camping has such a, you know, different terms to different people that as my kids will fly and visit me, I, there's that moment where I'm like, dang it, Damien, you should. And I don't know if I really could have afforded it as much, but I should have made efforts to do what I could afford. And if it was sleeping mm -hmm. sleeping bags on the sand, you know, that would have been memories they would remember kind of a thing. So I totally agree with you guys. So let's talk about the kids a little too, because I go back in my own head, you know, and think this wouldn't have been possible with kids. I mean, I, I, it's a little different. Divorced. Uh, I had custody of my kids. I can't take them for six months or anything of that nature. But I do look back and think, oh, I would have gotten so much resistance from, you know, them not wanting to leave their friends to go on the road for six months type of a thing. And I think, 2019 as parents it's different we i don't know, i want to say this delicately so i don't hurt anyone's feelings we listen to our kids a little too much they don't know what they want and we want mm -hmm. to please them that we don't push back and i just wondering did you how were the kids in this i mean i've seen the videos they look pretty excited to get going but i just don't know what the conversations were like leading up to that and maybe it was just that that they were like no let's go let's do this well we kind of tricked tori okay if you're gonna be totally <laughs> honest <laughs> So um, she's our oldest. Bait and switch. Bait and switch. So um, here's the deal. She's our oldest. She's our girl. We kind of, her opinion weighed in quite heavily because she was in high school. Yeah. Anybody, who's, anybody who's had kids knows once you get into high school, that's some delicate territory you might not want to mess with because they're preparing for whatever next steps. And so, you know, we had thrown around some ideas and Mark and I really wanted to go sailing. And so we took her on this sailing trip and we rented a boat out in Southern California. And she turned to us and she said, if you want to go, I, I'm open, I'll go. And I mean, like, literally, I could not get home fast enough to figure out how we were going to make something happen. But we realized that with our business, we couldn't go sailing at the time because the Wi-Fi, we needed to be available every day consistently. And from what I had learned through interviewing other sailors, they said, they like laughed at that. They said, if you stay in one spot, that might happen, but not overall. So Anyway, so we're, that was another thing that got our wheels turning. What could we do? What could we do? What could we do? But uh, I do think that involving kids in the decision-making process 
you know, it's kind of like, do you want peas or carrots? It's not like, do you want pop rocks or, you know, ice cream sundaes? It's like, we're saying, do you want to go, you know, like give them options that you're okay with them choosing. So, hey, we want to go on a six month trip. There again, we, we made it a limited time. It wasn't just like we're going indefinitely forever. We did say we'd evaluate it as a family after. And then we'd say, where do you want to go? Like Victoria and I wanted to go to New York City. So that was on the agenda. Carson, even this last summer, wanted to go to the Lumberjack Festival, which yeah. is our latest video. That was because of Carson. Yeah. I mean, how random is that, right? <laughs> so a 15-year-old teenager, what do you want to do this summer? I want to go see Lumberjacks. I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> so we can make that work. We can make that work. So anyway, just giving them an opportunity to choose and giving them options that you're okay with them choosing. Um, and I think that falls in line with, you know, if I listened to all three of them all the time and what they wanted to do all the time, we wouldn't get anywhere. There would be too much confusion. But um, if I say, hey, do you want to do this or this? And they're like, you get buy-in that way. Right. Yeah. And I love how honest you guys are in your videos where you're talking about like, how did we trick the boys to do this? Like there's that kind of moment that I'm always, <laughs> always like, how did we, it's like, you can't remember the secret formula, how you did this. Like you have to go back and look at the footage to figure it out. Okay. So we've got, when Trish got started to run, when Trish, when Trish got the idea to run in that 5k, we were in Wisconsin and it was raining and she said, let's go run in the lumberjack 5k. And so I was filling them out. I said, well, should the boys run? She says, yeah, sign them up. I said, should we ask them? She says, no, just sign them up. <laughs> no, are you kidding? Do you guys want to get up really early before breakfast and go run like, all over the town? No. But after we told them we were all signed up and we were all doing it together, they're like, eh, all right, that sounds good. That's awesome. I love it. All right. So in your guys' case, we, uh, we've gotten rid of the brick and sticks because we're renting. We've bought a trailer that fits the, the size of the truck. So we're good to go. We've got kind of work fig figured out. Kids are on board. We're excited. How much experience did you guys have in kind of just RV and camping before you left on this? <laughs> Is less than in is less than zero an option? Like on a scale of one to ten, is, is there a negative awesome. number? Yeah, there is. Yes, I will say there that you guys did it a little smarter because remember, my first rig is your first rig size. That's wow. the first wow. thing I ever pulled, ever wow. in my life. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, but yeah, at least you guys, you know, stepped it up. You guys worked your way to. I mean, it was still yeah. a good sized bumper pole travel trailer. That's interesting because I think a lot of people think that there's, and I'm learning it's not, it really is. We didn't have this. We wanted this life. We got out, we learned on the road. And so it, it's kind of a good transition to, I, I'm a little surprised that people will start this new life and create content around it because there's so much learning and doing. It's like, mm -hmm. I, I look back at my own life. I wanted to, don't get me wrong. I wanted to vlog all the time when I started, but I just started noticing that because I didn't have the experience of the RVing, that I just had the focus. I was making like yeah. a lot of mistakes. And that's just one excuse why I didn't do it. There's a plenty of other excuses, but that one seems really reasonable. <laughs> yes, um, yes. But I remember, so I started thinking about this in October, 2016. I found you guys, I think it was a how-to video or you know, like the top 10 things that I would need RVing. So it was just really helpful. And I thought, oh, I'm gonna subscribe. And obviously you guys have like a really great channel. You guys come across really great. You're very likable. And you know, it's not all about you. It's about kind of, the the sharing of the experience but then also bringing us along for the ride which is really cool i mean even the flat tire things falling off that was day one right that's incredible like where it's like you can't make this stuff up you know you yeah. really can't and then i think you just recently had the most epic uh thumbnail of all time of mark walking along the highway pulling a slinky stinky like <laughs> that is like it's amazing so what i want to transition to is that uh i've been around this kind of creator content, let's say social media world for a long time. And there are plenty of channels that have over 200,000 subs. Congratulations, you guys. I mean, I've been on the ride with you guys. It's phenomenal. But the community, the community you guys have, I don't see that in a lot of other channels and people RVing. And obviously you guys talked about, you had a podcast before you started. So there was a little bit of a follower of a community but let's talk a little bit about one. Did you guys know from like day one, we've got to document this. We've got to create content in and around this. How did that come out, you know, to say and get the kids buying and all that kind of stuff and that, that you're going to put every, you know, a weekly life out there for people to see. I think that was an evolution. I, you know, I've always liked video, but didn't do a lot of it, but I did enjoy making videos. Remember mm -hmm. the like stupid videos I would do on our vacation where you yes. use like a, a program that like pre makes a video with a bunch of pictures, but I like that stuff. 
and then Trish had the podcast, mm-hmm. and you know now that's 107 episodes on that. And so what started to happen is we Trish really wanted to keep the podcast about other people's journeys, but we wanted to document our journey. So we just thought it was a natural thing where the podcast would focus on other people's stories and how they've done it, and the YouTube would document kind of how we're doing it and how we're learning. And so there was there was a separation there. But you know, going back to 2016 you may remember there weren't really a lot of RV related channels mm-hmm. and we, I mean, of course we were watching a lot of sampling channels too. And so like, I mean, we had reached the end of YouTube in right. terms of content and we realized that, you know, Hey, if we do it, we should, we should document this. Well, and then at the time our favorite YouTubers were the wins mm-hmm. and they literally, I don't know what, whether it was in months or weeks, we went into RVing and they went sailing. We're yeah. like, no, where are you going? Yeah. We need you. Yeah. We need to see what you're doing. And so anyway, but we felt like we re- reached like the end of the earth on YouTube. We watched everything. We dove in. And some of those videos are hard to watch and some of them are phenomenal to watch. And so anyway, so we just thought, we're going to document this from the beginning. But it started small. Again, there were eight-minute videos, 12-minute videos. Mm-hmm. And then so on, and now we're somewhere in between 22 to 27. Yeah. Every yeah, and it was in the beginning, I felt it was a mix of um, like really like how-tos, like really searchable content. And then obviously, you know, this is our life kind of content where I feel like as I've watched you guys progress and seeing how the videos get better and the interaction, how comfortable you guys get on on video two over the time. If you go back and I don't know if you guys go back and cringe at video one, I, I do anytime oh, yeah. I look at my old yeah. stuff. And you just see this kind of life come out. But what I think I really like is that it's almost like a Sunday show now. You know what I mean? Like that's really what it's kind of become. And it's got me thinking like that way too, like the the consistency kind of factors. Let me back up a little. Did you guys have any goals in and around YouTube? Was there? No, no. Okay. So, and I think, and which is really smart. I mean, I think a lot of people get burnt out when they've set these, you know, view goals or sub goals. They just, they're not you don't really have that much control over. I mean, you can be right. consistent, you can be good. You can try and put out quality, but ultimately it's really up to the viewer. And that's why our community is so important to us. And going back to your original question, you know, the community is where it's at for us. We share and then we get this feedback and people are sharing their life with us in a way that makes it like special and worthy of like putting out another episode like worthwhile because people will say you gave me this idea and then I went and did that so it for us it's like it almost doesn't have anything to do with us it's like we put this thing out there and then we get this flood of interaction that is so enjoyable and exciting and fun and we just feel like honored to be a part of the community yeah right and I will say that um I can see the reverse being a little bit of negative. Most people don't know, you guys have kind of a a unique um, system to your videos in regards to when they're being shot and when they're actually going. It's almost like a television production in this sense that you guys, if I remember correctly, you're running a couple weeks behind, which then gives you a pause when the season ends. And was that, did you guys, I, I know you guys were only going for six months in the beginning, but was that always kind of a thought process of how, or is that learning on the go too? Well, a, couple, a couple weeks is flattering. I'll, um, that would be nice if it was, if oh, it was okay. a couple weeks. There's some viewers that, that, that really um, get a little bent out of shape. They, they, they find out when the video is shot. And, and you know, I'll tell you, the, the only time it's a problem is like holidays where like, it just, like when we were in Harvest Host at Harvest Host location in June, and it was early September, Man, June to September just feels forever. But in reality, late June and early September is really only separated by like 55 days. And so it seems like it's further back. And people are like, how come this is so far behind? But the fact, the reason it's behind is so that we can regroup in between seasons, spend time with our kids, catch up on life, mm-hmm. and, and be together without feeling like the channel is a monster yeah taking over and then that what we started we didn't start it so that we can keep feeding a machine right and so we feel like in order to, to sustain to be genuine and to mm-hmm. continue to do the content we like and to be focused on the community that channel's got to be back there a bit well and it needs to be exciting for us too so sometimes we get the feedback like i wish it was like season one mm-hmm. and it's kind of like well yeah so do i i wish my kids were little still but they're not <laughs> Yeah. They grew up and, you know, one is in college and, and they get bigger and everybody's taller than me and, you know, <laughs> so anyway, but we want to make it exciting for us and the community. And so in order to do that, we have to put a lot of brain power into that. And 
we're still having an authentic experience, but we're like, what else can we do? What else can we show? What else, what other kind of rig can we do? And that's why we have this giant rig is because we knew nothing about fifth wheels, but we were getting questions about fifth wheels. And we we're like, well, I don't know. So why don't we go dive into fifth wheels? Like which one would be good? Which one would be fun? Where, will you not fit into a place? We haven't had any issues. Here's, here's a report back because people are so nervous making their first purchase. So if we could just show how we're living it day to day, not like you should do this, because that's never our approach. It's right. just like, hey, we're in this, these are our challenges and these are the rewards. Put that in your little bank yeah. and use what you think is good for your life and then let us know how it goes. We don't like being shit on and so we try not to shit <laughs> on other people. <laughs> I love it, I love it. And this might be one of those should-ons that I'm going to ask you is when people are leaving, they're starting this journey, what would you say looking back? Do you say, yeah, capture the content day one or give yourself some time? Because I, I notice in my own personal life when I'm trying to shoot, let's say, a hike as opposed to just taking the hike, it's a different experience, 100%. And I don't know what it's like to leave day one and just start creating content. I know what it's like maybe about a year into it to start creating content. But so where do you guys look back? What do you guys say? I mean, and I know it's individual. Would you guys have changed anything? Would you have sat around so like six months? This, and you're asking this specifically for someone who maybe wants to be a content creator in the space? Well, I, I think I will always tell people there's, there's, there's plenty of people that have purchased an RV and gotten on the road. And I see it as very popular. And I, I'm always trying to encourage people, like, in a sense, when people talk about it, like, just get on the road. Don't worry about the content. The content will find you in a way. It, don't let it stop you. Um, but I also am wondering if, because I didn't do it the way you guys did it, if you're looking back and thinking, wow, I wish we would have just maybe not the first few months just been out there and just enjoying it? Or did you see it, you know, okay, so it wasn't an obstacle in your experience of being on the road at all? No, I mean, at some, at some point, being a content creator can take away from the experience. But on the same time, it, it contributes to the experience so much because we get more out of it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've been kind of like, well, we're in Destin, Florida, so we're going to have to do something other than just sit on the beach in front of the RV <laughs> if we're going to have an episode here. So the channel, especially as it grows, forces us to really do some research. What can we do here and, and create an episode? And we leave it there and we go, man, geez, if we were to just like, if we wouldn't have the channel, what would we have done? And we both look at each other and say, probably nothing. Yeah. And so it, it, it really gives more than it takes, but it does, it does take a lot. I do think we're talking about three years down the road instead of like when we first started because again the first videos were like eight minutes that's true and they were small and they were they were a, we could get our hands around them. and they were designed for us they were really yeah. they were really for us to kind of document the journey thinking that maybe this would be fun for us because we were already doing I was already doing my lame videos already <laughs> so like that would have been. They really weren't lame. They were great. They were so but lame. Here's the thing. Here's like, the thing. let me tell you. Let me tell you. Okay. When, when, okay. when Casey Neistat was being interviewed on the James Altucher podcast, and James and I had already done one vlog, and James uh, and and Casey said, "Listen, anybody who has a vlog, go back to your your first episode, the first video you've ever done. If it doesn't want to make you throw up, you waited too long." Right. And I thought to myself in our driveway, I was listening to this. Got back from working out. I was like. I don't always drop my first video. I thought my first video was pretty good, right? That was my attitude. And now, if I want, first of all, it's unlisted, okay? And second of all, if I were to make it unlisted, I would, I would, I'd be like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so. Anyhow. Yes. So okay. So again, it always goes back to starting small. So if someone who's starting right now, the this whole like title, we're like giving it a title. We're creators. Well, no, we just. We're documenters. We were documenting what happened and it was very attainable to do that. It was in small chunks mm -hmm. and then it grew over time. So even if you're, you don't have aspirations to share it with anybody or you just want to keep your family in the loop, you'll be able to go back and see what you did. The fact that we have in chronological order over the past, over what, three and a half years, yeah. we've been able to see our kids at this huge pivotal time where they're growing up. Oh my gosh, 11 to 15. Those are pivotal, Those are pivotal years, years, right? And we we have that for our family and we tease the boys all the time we're like oh that's going in the wedding that's folder going the wedding album. when they act like totally crazy we're like oh wedding album all the way so we're going to show a video when they get married of all their craziness yeah. right so um anyway i just think that documenting on any level whether it's writing or taking pictures journaling i mean obviously writing and journaling are the same mm -hmm. thing but i guess i kind of whatever it is video 
it's important. It's important to document your life so that you can look back and be like, oh, I did that or that went wrong. Where did it go wrong? You know? And of course, you know, I created, because we get this question so much, I created an entire YouTube course, start to finish kind of helping people go through the process of, of how to create a channel. And, but I, I will say that creating or documenting because you think you may want to make a living from doing it is in essence already starting off on the wrong foot because an audience is really, really perceptive. In fact, it's even been said in Hollywood that the camera is essentially a truth detector. People are able to pick up exactly what's happening. And so the channels that try to mirror larger channels or try to start making money or try to monetizing a channel, the, the, they're just, it breaks the connection between the creator and the audience because the audience is naturally very skeptical, especially for a new channel. And so when, the, when, a, when an audience or a viewer gets wind that, ah, I think you're doing this because you just want to quit your job, they don't want to get behind that effort. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think it's important to start, find a reason to document that's, that's genuine to you and get started for those reasons. And if you're really super lucky and you're kind of naturally talented at, at what you do a little bit, but then you develop the skills to offset areas that you're not naturally talented at and, and you get a little bit of luck and it takes off, then awesome. And if it doesn't, then at least you've got great memories for your family. But starting with the, to try to make it a business from the beginning, I don't think those channels really create the community. They might, yeah. they might get some views, and might, but it, it, it could be a flash in the pan. Yeah, and I think too, I mean, I'll just speak about you guys specifically. Even before we started having conversations on Instagram, I considered you guys friends and you didn't know who I was, which is a really weird phenomenon in this kind of creator space. And, and then once we became kind of friends, it was a lot more personal, you know what I mean? And when I'm involved in the KYD Insider group, I am, and again, you guys, look, I'm, I'm, I've been around a lot of this. There's something different for sure. And there's probably not even a way to, to sell it and teach it except for what you just said. If your purpose is to just document it, to have that from a family aspect, look, I get emotional. I start thinking about my grandkids might be able to look at stuff and I'd love to be able yeah, to look sure. at my grandparents, you know what I mean? And see what my grandparents were doing in their forties and fifties. Right. So there's that. And then there's the, you know, it, showing all your mistakes, which you guys are able to show. I've seen some oh, things, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah. which is great too, but I, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm probably going to embarrass you guys a little with this just because I think it, it's a testament to just how incredible it is. You guys have this really great thing. Um, it's a summer to remember, and mm -hmm. you guys have done these posters and t-shirts around it. And obviously this is public knowledge that you've sold almost 5,000 shirts, which mm -hmm. is that's bananas. I hope you guys know that. Oh, the like, shirts oh, yeah. have been yeah. all over the world. It's yeah. amazing. People mm -hmm. send us pictures from every corner of the globe, and it is so fun. And what's because great, they're too, they're out there doing it. I don't see you guys overly pushing it either. You know what I mean? To most people that are selling 5,000 have said it 5,000 times. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's really where people are like, we need this kind of push. Let's get this poster. So um, let's just talk about the poster for a second, because I think it was such a unique, unique, unique idea and how to grow a community and how to encourage people to do things. So talk about that for a second. Well, 2013, Trish created the first Summer to Remember poster. Yes. And this is not an original idea. I mean, I'm sure you could go on Pinterest. I've, I learned it from a friend. And at the time, we were working really hard, but mm -hmm. we didn't have lots of disposable income. And your kids come home from school and we were like, what do you do? <laughs> you have the, all these little eyeballs looking at you and you're like, you want to go to the library again? And they're like, what are you talking about? So anyway, so we created this list where we could- Trish do, created this list. Where we could do a bunch of things and maybe one or two like high level things that were either expensive or, you know, go to California or do something really fun. And everything else was, you know, make popsicles, um, throw light up sticks in the pool and go swim at night, you know, go make, make cookies for the fire department, make cookies for the fire department. And then it got us out of the house. It got us focused. It gave us something to do every day. We'd look at the list we'd check it off. And so, and it was a blast and we did it many years. And then I was like, why are we doing this for someone to remember? And then we can see what everybody's doing because people are doing really fun things. So they're putting on, I'm going to go make s'mores and then they put high level stuff like Disney world and then da, 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 fill in the blanks and seeing people's lists is so fun because yeah. you get ideas. And yeah. then that's where you're kind of like using each other's ideas to keep getting out there and going after it and making memories because at the end of the day, that's what you have. That's what keeps us together. That's what grows our 
relationship stronger? I mean, what is a relationship besides doing things together? When it ties back to where we started, that we, we are just continuously looking for ways to get out of the trap of fantasizing over something that can't happen for several years. Yeah. You know, someone says, oh, I'd like to have a, a bucket list. Well, the problem with a bucket list is, you know, I'm not going to go to Dubai anytime right. soon, right? I mean, like, like when you think bucket list, people are like, oh, I'm going to do here, here, here. But what about like just this summer? What about right now? What about the, the, the things that people love the most, like, you know, laughing until you cry was probably not in an amazing location or right. a beachfront property. It didn't cost it was, gobs of money. Yeah, it was, it was most likely an experience that was, that was queued up because something came together. And so we're just trying to make the world a little smaller. And that's what the Summer to Remember shirts are about. You know, people see each other with their shirt on and be like, oh, hey, can yes. And then they'll make a connection. They'll go hiking They'll together. take a picture and then send it to us. And then it's, we get to reply. And yeah, it's, it's pretty really cool. Fun. It's pretty cool. But I also think that it's important to, yeah, you have to make an effort to get something in return. And so when you do that, either with your partner, your spouse, your like your, I don't know, who, you know, people are traveling together. I've met how many people are traveling with a mother-in-law mm -hmm. and it's like the son-in-law and the mother-in-law and they're going around the country together. Like people are paired up that you wouldn't even think, yeah. right? And so, but they're making efforts to get out. So the Summer to Remember list is an effort to get out there. I remember when we did it in 2013, when we started, we went to a fire station and we brought the cookies just expecting to like drop them off. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know if they would allow us to bring them, right? But we just did it. Doors are opening. The boys are up on top of the engine. Like they're chatting with us. So doors don't open until you start walking down the path. Mm -hmm. And so if you do a summer remember list, and you say, I'm going to go on this hike. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know who you're going to influence. You don't know who you're going to lift up that day because you opened the door on your way to go do something. So I think we're all important to each other. And I feel like we all have individual gifts that we can share, but we have to actually walk outside to go do that. Yeah. So, right. or be nice on social media. <laughs> and I think you guys hit on a really good point too. As a dad, um, or as any parent, you try to make these incredible memories. And as a kid, I remember a, like a, a scavenger treasure hunt and the end of the hunt was a watermelon. And, yeah. you know, and I still remember that as a kid with my son turned 21, I asked him, what do you want to do for your birthday? He's like, I want you to make your, I would buy garlic bread and cut it in half and make pizza out of it and write oh. movies for the kids on a Friday. That's what he wanted to do for his 21st birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 I, I had that moment where I was like, oh yeah, we can do that. Hold on. I went in my room and cried. Cause it was oh. like, here I thought was something that was so stupid as French bread pizza. And it's what they remember the most. So it's really, yeah. when I heard you say make popsicles, when I hear you say, make cookies and then obviously go and and just bless someone that's you know a community service member in that way those are awesome things and no wonder you guys are building such an awesome community now i'm also floored by the meetups in a way that you guys within not a lot of notice i would say i think you know since i've been around it's either maybe 60 at the most but probably closer to 30 days where you start or even two weeks sometimes where you guys will say here's what we'll be and the turnout's phenomenal really well um, you're giving us too much credit. So um, I think we give five days, <laughs> maybe, because we don't know where we're going to be. Right. That's what I was amazed by. Like, like I might I think, be keeping the dates wrong. Well, I think, no, you're right. We, you're right. We, we did, uh, with the Cincinnati meetup and the NTSU tailgate, we actually knew oh, those yeah. dates in advance, and, and okay. we did those in advance. But most of the time, we're giving three to five days heads up. And, you know, we would love – sincerely we would love to do meetups with everybody like we used right. to the last public meetup we did was in uh Austin, dallas, dallas dallas texas and there were a few hundred people that were there and we got messages from people after the meetup saying you know hey that was awesome it was great um, i didn't have time to meet you guys i had to go after like four hours they had to go and we didn't get to meet and trish and i left there and we go man that's not what we set up to go do is to like create such this big event where people would actually take the time to go somewhere thinking that we're going to catch up and then they don't even have time because they're not pushy enough to push through a crowd. It's like, we have to change this up. Yeah. We want a personal experience. If we're yeah. going to have that experience, we want to make it personal. And you know, there is a safety element involved too. So, you know, at that meetup, I didn't have my eyes on our boys at all. And so Victoria was going around trying to find them. And so anyway, we have to make sure that it works for everybody. And so yeah, we so try to narrow it down a little bit. Yeah. So then we just started doing meetups with, with the insiders. And so the numbers went down dramatically to, you know, let's say 30 to 30, 30 people. And that's been, that's been wonderful because now we're actually able to have a conversation. Well, we leave there and we've really spoken to someone. Yeah. We've really said, 
where'd you start? Where are you going? What are your highlights? What are you having a hard time with or whatever? But we try to touch on those four mm-hmm. things and we kind of have like a family powwow before we go in. We're like, what is this about? This is about the people that show up. What do we want to be asking? And really, you know, this is, they already know us. Yeah, right. <laughs> so right. you know, we want to learn about them. And so, and that's been really rewarding. So what anyway. I love most about the meetups is the conversations that, that someone who shows up, they say, inevitably, they'll tell someone that they're going. Maybe it's a family member or maybe it's someone at work. And they'll, they'll tell them, hey, I'm going to go you know, meet Mark and Trish. And they're like, who are they? Well, I watch them on YouTube. And they're like, wait, so you're a groupie? Like, what, where are you going? <laughs> going wait, so you, wait, let me get this straight. You watch these people on YouTube and now you're going to go meet them? Like, what are you thinking? What are you and so thinking? It's, it's, it, inevitably, that's, that's the second thing. The first thing is what people say, what is it like that I know everything about you and you don't know anything about me? Yes. The second thing is everyone thinks I'm crazy for coming. Yeah. But the reason they come is because at some level, through the videos and through the community, someone decided to do something in their life and they made it happen. And at some level, they just want to come out and say, hey, you know, thanks, because I'm RVing or I'm doing something different. I mean, that's, that's why we keep making videos. And, okay, so you want to know the craziest thing? Please. Is that people will come and they will say, no way, you'll hear this. Someone, you'll hear someone go, no way. We went to flight school together. Yeah. No way, we were in high school together. I haven't seen you since we graduated. Because people are kind of in the same area, but they aren't in touch. And so, and then they reunite. Like, I can't tell you how many people oh, have reunited. It's how often that happens. Yes. And so if they don't do it in the Facebook group, they'll do it live when we meet. But that's another effort that we try to make is like, have you guys met before? And we have certain insiders that really take a lot of initiative to make sure that they meet somebody and then they go out and go camping together or they do something fun together. So it's just, I don't know, it's magical sparks happen when you know the virtual world becomes real yeah right and i think let's let's talk about really quick uh patreon because i think patreon is really what allows us to facilitate this as creators i think people mm-hmm. think they see patreon as us saying hey here's our handout and really mm-hmm. what it is it's about really kind of funneling um uh, the fan is the word i don't like using but you know it's really funneling the people that really are kind of they're more than just a viewer in in my mind is you really get where there's a it, and, and you guys have made it very affordable for most people to join that community and there's so much conversation going on without you guys too i mean i think you guys do a great job being in there and facilitating but it really does become a club you're paying a very small amount of money for a club and and i'm trying to as i talk to people have people understand that it's it's a small money for a club you are saying thank you in a way for all the content you're creating that i've been able to use i mean just last in yesterday's video mark it's because you're so ridiculously humble is a guy said thank you to you've helped me in so many ways and you're like oh no no i didn't help you come on and it's like you have mark like both of you guys have i don't want to just pimp out mark but it's still hard for you so for me to be like man my first year I avoided so many mistakes because I watched you guys teach me not to make this mistake or you guys made the mistake. And I was like, well, I ain't doing that. You know, so yeah, I right made that mental yeah, note. Yeah. You guys have saved me more than what I have to pay in a patron. But I do believe it does, like you're talking about, it filters down the community a little bit more to maybe use the term family in a way. And I feel yeah. like, but people are so scared of it, especially content creators to say, hey, I'm on Patreon. I, mean, I do wish there was a way that, and, and I think it's like, I always refer to it as poker. You can't play poker without money. It takes away the game because yeah. there's no, like, there's no investment on your end. You know, mm-hmm. you can just keep going all in every time. And I feel like it's got that kind of mentality to it where you guys have created this like insider community that allows for, to really like deep dive, which I've really enjoyed being a part of that group for sure. So well, I'm glad you're in it because your personality is just transcends. That's why we've enjoyed chatting with you on Instagram. And, and so you're in there now. And that we just love that when people are fun and laid back and yet educated in what it is they're doing. So they're really helpful. You are a resource. And so and we just love seeing your name pop up. We're like, oh, there's yeah. our buddy. You know what I mean? So it's really cool. You're right, though. It is, it is a bit of a misunderstood platform. But then again, it depends on how the creator wants to use it. For right. us, it's bringing people together. It's, it's, it's allowing us to find out where we want to spend most of our time to focus because if you put all your, if you put all your energy everywhere, you put it essentially nowhere. Exactly. And so, you know, we've said, okay, this is where we're going to, you know, put, this is where we're going to create a supportive, encouraging environment so that when other people come in here, they're actually, their expectations are exceeded 
and they're able to go when, when like even Stephanie and Patrick post a picture of their new rig mm -hmm. and there's like 200 thumbs up and 50 or 60 comments you know Trisha and I think where else on any platform does that happen I mean not even on your own Facebook post I mean there might be like three people who are like hey congrats right? right and so well, maybe they just don't even understand like what a big deal this is yeah right and so it's an environment where it's encouraging and someone has a problem you're not going to get annihilated for it I mean I only made one post in the in the big Facebook groups, right? Like when we were brand new. And then I'm like, oh, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? You bring up an amazing point because you, you kind of get what you pay for. When those groups are free, um, mm -hmm. I remember being a newbie and asking, should I get an auto slide for my fifth wheel? And I have a short bed, non-dually, you know, single wheel, what should I get? And everyone's like, Damien, you'll never need it. You'll never knew it. But nobody asked me, hey, what kind of fifth wheel do you have? Because those solitudes bubble out way past the hitch than a normal fifth wheel. So yeah, you yeah, might sure. need one. So even then I got chewed out and I got the wrong advice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where I do feel like, I, it, and you're 100% right. There's something about, and, and I, it just, I'm not trying to sell your Patreon group. It's really anyone's Patreon group with a community. When there's a little bit of money invested, it does something to the attitude, to the ego and you're bringing in a different type of person for some reason. I don't know what that, when it's free, you can post something and, and look, you know, you guys know me, I'm six, six, a big guy. I have stuff said to me in Facebook groups. That's never said to me in real life. <laughs> that's funny. I'm like, that's so funny. I'm six, six in the videos too. <laughs> so, yeah. I see how you do. I see where you put I it. Make... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, Trish will make me look seven foot five. I can't wait yeah. to see you guys yes. in me up. So that's yeah. a, another quick. That camera up. Another so quick point. <laughs> How do you guys battle when people want the one-on-one -on -one time? I know, Mark, you and I have tried just if mm -hmm. cross paths to make it, but not to the point where it's like, and I notice that even with friends and family where I'll say I'm in Texas and they somehow think Texas is Rhode Island now where it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. hey, you're in Texas. You should come see me. It's only an eight-hour drive from your point of Texas to where I'm at. How do you guys battle that where well, you're the, not the upsetting people? Really yeah, the meetups is really where we put that effort to make sure that at least we were available in every state to do a meetup because I think because of the videos and because we travel, there is a perception that we are RVing the way that someone who is maybe on summer break or someone who is retired or someone who's maybe working remotely 20 hours a week, that we're RVing the same way that they are RVing. You know, and I've been, I mean, I think I've mentioned this on the channel, but not a lot of people remember. It takes about an hour of editing for every minute of edited footage. So our videos are about 23 minutes long, so that's 23 hours of editing. And then there's about another 10 hours of just YouTube stuff every week. Copy, writing articles, doing all that, but that's not even going out there and doing something and recording it. Yeah, right. and so, so you know, it's kind of like, you know, we, we, we've left a proverbial nine to five job, even though it's my own business, a nine to five job so that we can go work from five to nine. And Seriously. so, you know, we, we I don't, I mean, as much as we would love to take someone up on, the off, uh, on an offer to, to go out for coffee, it's like, well, we just can't. We just, it's just, it's just not going to, it just can't happen. So every once in a while though, it is really cool. We'll be in an RV park where there'll be another uh, insider or there'll be, you know, not even just an insider, but just a subscriber Anybody, yeah, and anyone. Yeah. And we're able to, we're able to connect spontaneously and, and that, that's always awesome. But then um, I really love using the RV to come and see family. Like right mm -hmm. now we're yeah. with my mom and um, dad. And mm -hmm. so we're like, we're spending quality time over, several days having coffee mm -hmm. planning out our next trip and so really putting those big rocks in first saying okay i'm going to make sure i spend time here for us we really can't narrow down those dates until we're about two weeks out right. but um so this is our priority and we only make like about five priorities over a season and then everything else has to fall into place and if it doesn't we kind of have to give ourselves grace and say it just didn't work we'll just have to do it next time gotcha and then for me, what I also noticed too, and just talking about the videos, you guys seem exactly the same on video, off video. There isn't a, a video personality, which is, you know, which really comes through, which is fantastic. I think even sometimes as podcasters, we can get on and use a podcast voice, which is different than, I, I noticed in my life that people that meet me online and meet me in real life, they're meeting the same person. Yeah. And I, I feel that you guys have that, which is super important. So, I mean, the stuff that you said just from a creator standpoint today, I think has been fantastic i think the idea of you know that really anyone no matter where you are in your life with work you can either do it as much time as you're allowed start now and you might be able to do the long road thing um so for me what i kind of want to end with is one i get asked this question i i kind of emailed it to you last night mark um and it, it can just be a ballpark from the time you guys 
and, and I don't want to compare it to 2016 to 2019, like 2016, renting the house, living in Arizona to the truck. If renting a house cost you $100, I just want to use, I don't want to get into this, what did you think that first six month per month on the road cost you? Um, just so people can get, because people ask me all the time, does it cost less or more? Well, I'm from Los Angeles. It costs less. Yes, right. But if you're from, you know, like a small town, like, you know, Nikki's from St. Paul, Oregon, town of 400, it could cost a lot more to get on the road. So for you guys, if it was $100 to be uh, in Arizona, bricks and sticks, what did it cost you kind of that first trip, do you think? So, you know, that was the, that was the number one question we got in the first season or two. And back then when I was more connected to, to that question, cause we got it so much, I always said that it was about one third We for us, it was about one third less than living in our sticks and bricks. And then I always caveated with the fact that it can be though, anything you want it to be because we were making videos and because we were on a six month trip and we were moving really fast, we were spending $750 a month in, in gas. And the reason we're doing that is because we never stayed in one spot more than like three days. Gotcha. But if someone wasn't making videos and maybe they didn't have kids and they didn't want to, and they wanted to travel a little slower and go off the beaten path, you could BLM for 14 days on two locations, drive twice and spend a hundred dollars on fuel right. and zero on RV parks. Whereas in, you know, if we're moving every two to three days, we were in RV park 25 out of 30 days. And because we're truck and trailer, let's say an RV park's anywhere from $25 a night to $50 a night. So let's say we're averaging with some Walmarts back then. Let's say we're averaging 35 overall a night, but 25 out of 30 days. I mean, I'm just doing this so people can do the math. And we're moving a lot. Um, it can add up. Mm -hmm. You know, from Scottsdale, this is one third less than. Exactly. It's like the Los Angeles. Scottsdale's not Los Angeles prices, but it is up there. It's up there. It's, it's in a more expensive area. So. And we weren't, we weren't driving two cars around because you said we were somewhere in the ballpark of $700 in gas. Mm -hmm. Back then we drove a gas truck. Yeah. You, I don't want you to get any, what do you mean? It's fuel. Yeah, it's fuel. And you're now we get yelled at all the time. It's fuel. <laughs> okay. 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 So, um, so anyway, but we were spending that in suburbia because we had two cars and we were driving everybody in a like i drove 100 miles easy but just in a 10 mile trish, trish was doing twenty five thousand miles a year in her car i was oh, 25,000 miles a year in your car yeah i was doing twenty five thousand miles in my car just doing client meetings so combined we were doing 50. so we're spending 800 a month in fuel in suburbia right. and so for us to go on the road and travel as much as we are we, we were even saving money on that but again it was kind of we weren't going to out to like kids. business dinners anymore but we were going to like museum which we wouldn't have been doing you know what i mean so there's like these trade-offs and none of it had to be done but because we had teenagers we did want to keep it interesting and keep it diced up because we could not at that time go to blm land and be out in the middle of the desert and be like okay guys we're here i mean they would have revolted oh yeah okay unless you got little kids that like to play with you know dirt which is cool I, yeah you know, i mean if that was the case, we would have like backed up to some oh, yeah. beach and been there for a month because yeah. they'd be making sandcastles and sure. we'd be like, yes. And life would be easy, but instead it's like, where are we going? So anyway, I always default back to, it really is whatever budget that someone wants to create because ultimately that's going to dictate where they're going to stay, how long they're going to stay there and how far they want to travel. And those are the big variables. I think food is probably a pretty big expense for everybody. We have found that food at the house was the same as food on the road. Hmm. We just didn't see... A big difference there but again we have three teenagers you know it's cheaper for us to stay in for sure it probably is cheaper on the road because um we get nickel and dime less because we're not running those errands i'm sure someone can relate to the fact that if you're late for a meeting and you haven't had lunch you just tend to spend more on you run into food. chipotle and, and then all of a sudden you get your back and it's like chipotle 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 you're like right. i got and no one's going through a drive-through with a 40-foot rig behind them so you have to like think oh, no. through we're eating on the road we can't stop and yeah yeah no i agree i think food has been something that has changed for me drastically because of the not eating out even if i just did apples to apples what i cost to feed myself and what it costs to feed me on the road now i do eat a lot more in the rig all right so we're getting close to the hour i wanted to keep you guys to the hour so real quick let's just talk about the kyd cabin this was such an interesting kind of spring up um I, I want to make an assumption. Did you guys own property up until the the cabin, or it was, you no? Know, we were we were we were propertyless okay. uh, until about two years into our full time travel. And 
I can't speak for everyone who goes full time, but in our situation with three kids that were kind of like approaching leaving the nest, and and combined with the fact that in Scottsdale there are no RV parks for people under fifty five years old that have full hookups. Right. Being home, I have air quotes, right. was the hardest thing for us because when we were home, we had not we did not have full hookups, and so it was not very fun to live in an RV at home. And then, of course, when you're home, we can interact with our friends. We're wearing clothes that we don't normally wear when we're doing RV life. And I'm getting dressed in, like, fancier clothes in an RV, but I can't take a shower because we don't have hookups. It was, it was stressful. Weird. And as, our, and as well, Tori left the nest. Okay. So then Victoria went to school, and I had, like, a mini, like, just stomach-sinking meltdown. I didn't melt down, but I was nervous. And I was like, wait a minute how do we all get back together again? How do we have Thanksgiving? And, and that, all of that was fine for me for a year because we were all like huddled together. But then someone left. I'm like, am I serving Thanksgiving dinner in the rig? I, all of it started kind of weirding me out a little. I needed a place, but I didn't want another expense line item. So that we kind of got creative like we always do. Okay, well, what could we do? And we decided to renovate a cabin up in Flag, mm -hmm. And now we've rented out to the KYD community. Anybody? that watches the show that wants to stay there can stay there. And it's super fun because we call them and we it is fun. like, we tell them there's all kinds of stuff to do. We leave them a bottle of wine. It's super clean and fun. Mm -hmm. And, and then everybody that stays writes in the book and they say, this is what they did. So you can get ideas. And, and I'll tell you what happened rewarding. from being full time. It, it is, it is a bit of a coping mechanism because you know, as you know, full-time travel is not always easy. Right. And there are some times where there you're definitely in some low points. The fact that we know <laughs> we're going back to the cabin to regroup between seasons helps us do what we need to do when we're making content. We're far from home and things are far from right. So we can be <laughs> operating at a 10 every day and be like, no, we're getting after it today, 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 every day. Yeah, because we'll be we know, okay, we're going to have a break and we're going to just kind of Shut down. But you know, not to go on too much of a, a tangent on real estate, but real estate is the big question for people who do want to travel and are approaching real estate. And so we do encourage people to, you know, not necessarily just sell your house and, you know, take the equity and go buy a depreciating asset in an activity that you don't necessarily know how long it's going to last. Right. We much prefer to, you know, look at how you can maybe downsize into a property that you're comfortable coming back to or changing your real estate a little bit so you can maybe get into a vacation rental or, or rent the place out. There are some options, but just to get out completely. Um, I think the other thing that was happened two years into our travel is the interest rates were starting to get a little weird and we didn't want to put ourselves in a situation where we missed the opportunity to get back into real estate. If mm -hmm. interest rates went up to like five, six, seven percent. So we did feel that pressure too. And we always encourage people to look at the big picture and plan on it not being a forever thing. We never plan on it being a forever thing. There are a lot of people like, I'm going to sell my house, I'm going to go RVing forever. It's like, are you really? Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was a realtor for a, a good time and I feel like a good realtor, if you can find a good realtor, not somebody that does it on the side or whatever, no offense, because that's where I started, right? But, um, but somebody who's in it to win it they will sit down with you. They will tell you what's going on in the market. They will tell you, they'll give you what's called a broker price opinion. So they'll tell you, this is what these houses are selling for. These houses are too high, but you could go over to this neighborhood and, you know, pick something up and educate yourself. So we've found every time we try to delegate something in our life to someone else, it doesn't go the way we want it to. So we have to always be educating ourselves. So if you are not knowing what you want to do with your real estate, go talk to a professional, talk to your tax person, talk to a realtor and sit down with someone who's actually done it. Not somebody that you maybe used to rely on for feedback because what do I want to say? I want to say that if you, you need to talk to somebody who's actually been down the road, mm -hmm. somebody who's actually said, well, I did a, um, an investment property and it went like this and this is what my taxes look like. I did a vacation rental. And these were some of my challenges. And then you really have to sit down and say, okay, now I'm educated. I'm okay with the risk. I'm okay with, you know, the possible complications because I'll get what I want out of it. So sure. I don't know, just making sure that you're making an educated choice for you is what's most important. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And then let me just follow up just so I have it for the notes. You're saying that the only people that get to rent it is the KYD community. Is that it's not like right now. Right now, is not, is not on VRBO. It's not on Airbnb. It's only on kydcabin.com. And it's kind of at a rate that's 
Good it's below the average it's if you were to go on VRBO. It's less than what we would put it on a VRBO for. At some point, we'll probably end up having to take renting it out more seriously because gotcha. you know it's not quite covering itself. But that, that's fine for us right now. But down the road, we wanted know, to hear how people liked it, what they needed. We didn't want to just throw it out there and then you know. Yeah. Right. And it was great content too. It was really fun to see you guys do this kind of shift fun. in the middle of like the normal videos. Yeah. Everyone loves a good fixer upper. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. So it was yeah. really a lot of fun. And then it just, it does, it gets your, your wheels spinning. Okay. So uh, my last ending questions will be, um, let's start with the best. What's been the best kind of thing living on the road? What's really been the thing where you're like, Ooh, this, you know, completely different well, bricks and sticks. Well, we're, on a totally different path than we would have been. Obviously, mm -hmm. if we had stayed the where where we were, mm -hmm. you know, we toured in Colorado Springs, the Air Force Academy, and our middle son, our middle child, his son, said, "Oh, I want to go into the Air Force. I want to fly for the Air Force." And we're like, "Really? Is this really what you want to do?" Yes. And so now our decisions are around that. So he's at a school that's preparing him for that. And you know, Victoria, we showed her everything in the United States. We went on so many college campuses and she's like, I love Arizona. I want to go back to Arizona. That wasn't what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. And so, and Caleb will talk to us. He's our youngest. He'll talk to us about what he wants to do in the future. And because we're able to both be present, we sit around and we have like dinners and we talk about what they're up to, what they want to do. And I don't know if we would have had that same connection. I know we would have had a close connection, but we've really been able to dive deep in what's important to them. Mm. We would not, I think I feel comfortable by saying we would not have been open to all the possibilities that we're open to now until taking a radical change and doing what we do now. I think that's, yeah. I think we're, we both discussed that, that mm -hmm. we are open, we're more open to possibilities. The quote that comes to mind is like, what you resist persists, you know, what you fight just continues to persist show in up. your life and continues to show up. Right. And so by like taking this trip and being open to different outcomes, different different outcomes have shown up and we're more open to it now. Yeah, we get real creative in our thinking. Mm -hmm. And you guys are really kind of positive people and I don't think you're faking me positive. So I, I, I don't want to be at the downer kind of a thing, but what's been the hardest part about living on the road? What's been one that's kind of a... Hmm. I feel like we're in, you chime in, mm -hmm. but I do feel like we are constantly figuring out the next step and it's, we don't really have anything set. So like even our kids will be like, well, what are we doing on this date at this time? Because so-and-so is going to be there and I want to be there. And we're like, you kind of feel like really loosey-goosey. We're like, well, we don't know. <laughs> so everything is very flexible, which is positive, but it's also sometimes challenging for either our family members back home or our kids or like, do you like nail something down, please? Like wh what is going on? Yeah, I think, and there's a fair amount of decision fatigue, which I'm sure you can relate with. I mean, it, you know, sometimes it gets, sometimes you just don't want to have to be thinking all the time about where you're going and where you want to be. And right. so, you know, we, we mitigate it a little bit with the, with the cabin as a route and we know how long we're going to be gone. And so, you know, that's really the cabin was to mitigate these, these things. So that brings up a really good point actually is that, Oftentimes, I think everybody wants to do something different. They want to have it all figured out. You have to just trust that once you start taking the action, you'll make the course corrections. Oh, we started feeling pressure that when we were out, that you know we were feeling fatigued, we didn't have a place to go back. So then we, the cabin shows up, or the rig isn't big enough, and so if you buy it right, you can swap it out and get a different rig. Like people can course correct if things aren't going right. And I think right. often we feel like we have to have everything figured out. We're going to go down this path. And, I'm gonna, and it's gonna go just the way I planned. It's like, it's not gonna go the way we planned, but that's okay. You're gonna make corrections. Right. And over time, you're gonna keep correcting and keep correcting and you're eventually, it's gonna work for you. Yeah, well, you were the one in charge of doing it. You're exactly. gonna be the one in charge of correcting it. You Correct. have the capability of doing that. Right, I, it, what you guys are reminding me too is maybe this will, maybe people from the RV world can understand. It's like saying, I'll become a parent when I'm ready to become a parent. <laughs> yes. Good yeah. luck with that. You'll be yeah. 60 without kids because it just never, it never happens. Okay. Well, this has been awesome. I guess my last final question, Mark, what's darky time? Just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I heard where I heard Oh my that. gosh. I don't even know. <laughs> I was died. I, I don't even know how you time. adopted darky time. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Hey, Mark, Trish, I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out. This has been uh, a ton of fun for me, not just from being able to get your guys' kind of story out there in the world, hopefully, but then also for my first time really being able to do some face-to-face -face with you guys. 
And uh, I definitely look forward to seeing the videos coming. And then I'll make sure to drop down below everything where people can find you. But please remember, you guys, really keepyourdaydream.com. And then everywhere else on the socials pretty much is where they're at. Uh, they have a show that goes off, I want to say, 8 p.m. Eastern every Sunday. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. And it's uh, it really is like... It, it does have a little bit of like the the Cosby kind of feel to it in a sense like okay what are they doing this week you know and it's it's just going week after week I love the way you left off this last episode where it's like hey we're can't we just put Milwaukee in the map and we'll just figure out when we get there and I think that was really kind of where people can see that not everything is getting figured out so I highly encourage you guys if this is a lifestyle you want in any way shape or form whether it's just going out on the weekends or doing it full-time follow and find keep your daydream you will not be disappointed all right that wraps up episode two again a big thanks to mark and trish leach of keep your daydream for hanging out with us head on over to keepyourdaydream.com or search for them on youtube i guarantee you won't be disappointed if you've never seen their content and then real quick i don't know if i'm always going to be able to do who i have on next week but next week i have tim and finn that's right they don't have the last names they're like madonna and prince basically and they also have a really cool story about traveling in an RV, but they've also traveled all over the globe. And right now they're back in the States traveling basically Airbnb to Airbnb, still while growing their own brand that they have that's in and around this lifestyle. I don't want to give too much away, but you got to come back next week for that. So remember, you guys, hit the subscribe button right now so that way you get notifications when these podcasts get released. Please give it a like, give it a review, share it with people, and don't forget to go to rootlessliving.com and subscribe to the Rootless Living magazine. Grab yourself a digital subscription. Anything you can do to help get the word out about this podcast, I appreciate as well. And if you think you might make a great guest on the podcast, please send me an email, podcast at rootlessliving.com. Again, that's podcast at rootlessliving.com. Have a great one, you guys.